Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for discovering Trek listeners. Fansets, our pins have character. Casey and Sarah here, and this is Discovering Trek Enterprise. Welcome to the First Frontier. The two of us collectors of wealth are talking another episode of Enterprise. This is the first full series watch through for me, and it's a rewatch for Casey. Today, we are looting the episode Acquisition. This episode traveled over the airways into your TV unit about 20 years ago on March 27, 2002. If you haven't watched this episode yet and you don't want to be spoiled, go hit up Paramount Plus, Netflix, or Amazon Prime. You know what to do. Watch the episode, then come back here post-haste and join us chatting about acquisition. That's it. That concludes our non-warning spoiler warning, humans. Oh, love it. Oh, gosh. But Sarah, before we get into Acquisition, that's the episode we're talking about? Sure is. I guess. I don't know who wrote this copy. We want to remind you that we want to hear from our listeners about everything Enterprise. So how can all of you get in touch with us with your thoughts on the first season of Star Trek Enterprise? No clue. I have no idea. Google it. There is none. There's none. We don't want we don't want to hear your just the good stuff. We'll tell you where you can send us all the good stuff. There are a bunch of ways though. You can do that. You of course can go to trekkeeks.com slash contact and leave an email to give us your thoughts. Or on Twitter or Facebook, all you have to do is search for Discovering Trek and you can leave us a message there too. You can leave us a voicemail by visiting our website at trekgeeks.com and click on that big blue button. But remember, any comments you leave us might be used in a future episode of Discovering Trek. So enough of that. I want to get to the pie chart. I yes. want you to tell me exactly how many slices of pie you're given this episode. I tell you, I very much enjoyed this episode. It gets a five out of six slices for me. I thought it's it's an enjoyable romp. And you know what? It makes no sense for canon or continuity whatsoever. But I don't care. It's a, yeah. it's a fun episode. Yeah. How about how about you, Sarah? I give it my first ever six out of six. I'm eating the whole pie, alamode oh. with cheese with everything. I this is it. This is the this is the best one I've seen so far. <laughs> I love it. Stretchy pants, stretchy pants time. The whole yeah. pie. Good for you. Yeah, I need mm. my Thanksgiving Day pants. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, as soon as it started up, like like you said, the cannon and like blah, blah, blah. I don't care about that. I had so much fun. The people that are in it are the bee's knees. It was was super enjoyable. And um, I'd watch it again and again. So there you go. Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, then, since you loved it so much, I think what you should do is you should do the lyrical recap. Oh, my gosh. I got one here ready for you. Are you you excited? I am ready. Locked in. Loaded. Let's hit it. Lock and load, in the words of Data. All right, let's see. Let's see if I can get this rhythm down pat. I haven't reread this one in a while. I wrote it uh, quite a bit time ago. So, The music is tense. We see those infamous ears. It's Clint Howard and Ethan Phillips. I can't believe that they're here. 
Everyone is passed out, but the Ferengi have masks. They search around the ship, completing their tasks. Trip is in decontamination. It's now an uneasy feeling, but Phlox can't help him. He's out cold, and the Ferengi are stealing. The Ferengi find Archer and awake him they do. Where is your vault? You must give us a clue. We are here to make money. It's gems that we crave, or it's the women we'll take to sell as a slave. Archer thinks quick and tries to act as a friend, and Trip tries to rescue him, an attack he must fend. T'Pol is awoken. How did this come to pass? An item from the planet that emitted a gas. There is three hours left before the crew all wakes up. The vault is in the captain's quarters? Who is this pup? Trip now is dressed and is pretending to sleep. T'Pol flirts with Ferengi, who acts like a creep. Trip bites an ear, but is whipped really bad. There's fighting and reference to an injury Archer had. Hoshi's Trip's wife? The captain played polo? The Ferengi are fighting. No one wants to go solo. One Ferengi is eager. To lead is his dreams. But this vault is a booby trap. It's not what it seems. DePaul calls out the captain about being a boar. And Porthos is released. I'm relieved, for sure. The Ferengi must put everything back because of their failed space gas attack. They're trying to get... They try to get to Paul, and she just walks away. Krem is in charge, and that's the way it will stay. Excellent. Ah, I got through that it. Was, good job. Good <laughs> job. That was as um, excellent as the episode. Oh, well, thank you. Um, there's so much to say about this one, because actually I remember when we were doing a recording a couple of weeks ago on a, a previous episode, I was kind of referencing like, and this happens again. And I believe it's all the T'Pol flirting, mm-hmm. creepy, ugh, and that was this episode. <laughs> but it's not nearly as bad as the post-rapey dude, because these are the Ferengi, right. and I think that they did a good job of kind of teaching Archer that out there in the in the depths of space there are bad places and bad people that do um, trade uh, in humans and tools mm-hmm. and, and space pirates. So it wasn't nearly as icky. I concur 100%. (laughs) I was was like, it seemed seemed to me, and let me know what you think about this. Um, It seemed that all the Ferengi in this episode were were softened up a Mm -hmm. little bit Mm -hmm. because of like the beloved actors playing them. Let's talk about that supporting cast. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Just amazing. All right. First off, like, okay, Clint Howard. Ugh. Guy's been in Star Trek since he was six years old. Yep. It's okay. Hey, you got a famous brother who's done a bunch of stuff, but you've been in this since you were a little hot. And just how cool is that? <laughs> Growing yeah. up of like, okay, you know, you were Opie, you were Richie, but guess what, dude? I was in Star Trek. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I oh. Ethan. Right. Ethan. Love him. It's this is, I think this was such a just a smart thing from the producers. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, who who can we get? All right, let's get this guy. Okay, let's get this guy. Okay, let's get this guy. You know, and our, our beloved Jeffrey Coombs. Oh man, he could do no wrong. Right? He just comes back in and you're like, it's great, great. To, Great to see him. You could have put him in this role and let the the makeup department screw up and give him Vulcan ears and have him still play a Ferengi, and I'd still love it. <laughs> like, even though it's like, yeah, really messed up somewhere, I'd still be like, well, he's so great. He makes it 
totally enjoyable. He is. And God, you I mean, just keep thinking about this. And I, I was thinking this through of, do you think this was a story that the producers did of saying, Hey, we, we need to, we need to throw some type of, type of bone to the audience here of, you know, Hey, Hey, yep. maybe things aren't going exactly how you think this series was going to go, but here we got, we got a little uh, fan service here to appease you. I think it was a great idea because I don't want to speak on behalf of the majority of Trek fans out there, but I think the Ferengi were always kind of a, a liked species. They brought some fun to the series when they showed up and we didn't get to see them in Voyager because they're so far away from where they would be. So why not bring them back if you have an opportunity? I think it was a great choice. And I think that having the actors that they had play those parts too made it even more special and it's no different than watching Lower Decks and seeing mm. um, Riker and mm-hmm. and the references and the jokes. That's what we want. That's that's what we that's what I live for. I love that kind of stuff. Give it to me every single episode if you can. I'll never think it's too much. I think it's playing to why I love the series and why I've watched it for so long is because you know, like Q and all the spoilers now with the next trailer for Picard. I'm like, right. I, I am so, I mean, I'm, I'm going to watch the series anyways. Like this is all just extra cherries on top. Right. But mm-hmm. I love that kind of stuff. I love throwbacks. I love guest stars. I love references um, because it makes me feel like I'm on the inside scoop with like, I get what you oh. did there. Like, I know that secret you're trying to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, I mean, if, this does bring you back to a different time in your life. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're watching TNG and when they first, the friend you first show up and then we had all the times after that, and especially with, with DS9, it, there's just that, there's an emotional pull, whether you love the characters or you hate them, but there's an emotional pull. So there won't be indifference. And to, to see like different characters playing, I, th- uh, you know, kind of opposite of what he's been playing a lot of recently for Trek. Mm-hmm. So on this one, you know, he's he's Demir, he's, he's the Fredo of the group, and just kind of, uh, you know, making his way through, not not the <laughs> sharpest <laughs> knife in the drawer <laughs> no. type of a deal. And um, it's really fun to see what these actors can do playing a, a different role, but same species like they, that they've done before. It's like, okay, how am I, I wonder their, their internal thinking, how am I going to make this different for me? So this is an, an interesting episode to work on and, and what do different choices can I bring in there? And man, it's wonderful. Yeah. I was just like, oh, so then I was thinking, oh, Sarah, what about this? What, what do you think if they had done basically more than just the first few minutes in the Ferengi language only. Because if this was supposedly like, you know, the first time meeting them, there should be nothing in the universal translator. Because um, I had completely forgotten about the first few minutes <laughs> just with knowing this. I was like, oh, did they do this the entire episode? I can't remember. You know, it was, and I, I liked it. I liked having no automatic subtitles of what they're saying. It's like, no, what, by their actions, 
and the facial expressions through those prosthetics, they're really gonna have to get some points across. And boy, do they. Because yeah. he's just like, okay, they they're working as a team, kinda, but you know, as they're all do. right, all of that. And and Clint Howard, man, when he put Portos in that box, I I I was like, F you, dude, you do anything to this dog. I am done watching this show. I loved how they referenced his ears. They're like, look at the, the lobes on this one. Like it must be a, an intelligent species. It's I think the I think what I like about the Ferengi, um, and I think they played it really well in this episode, is that the three of them are like the three stooges. There's nothing really that scary about them. They're so bumbling and so yeah. ridiculous that you know it's like I have a really good feeling that if I can just get that whip out of your hand, I'm actually gonna be able to take you guys down pretty fast like that's a, mm-hmm. an unfair advantage to be able to you know get someone from a distance with that uh, stinger there but <laughs> they're not very smart it's very easy to to mentally trick them that they're infighting and it just I just I'm surprised I didn't have a scene where the three of them are trying to run through that door at the same time and get stuck in that kind of physical comedy that yes because it fits yeah it it completely fits and I like your analogy there with the with the three stooges because then like we even have the fourth Ferengi guy Played by a character actor who's done a ton of stuff. You'll look him up on IMDb. You'll dig it. But it's just of, <laughs> yeah, you can get them running in circles. You almost need to so have easy. A, a ragtime piano soundtrack, <laughs> kind of like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where they're like running around and they have the, the dueling pianos or something to kind of give it that extra comedy. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it's like at one point, Muck. What a name, Muck. He's like, do I look like a mink to you? And it's like, yeah. I'm a, what a cool little reference back to an episode. And it's, you know, okay. It's beginning to feel more arky than episode E. I don't think either of those are words. I just made them up. But to me, where it's like, okay, good. There, there's, there's more connective tissue yeah. everything Throw going a bone on there to those that have been watching from the beginning and give them a little something to keep them mm-hmm. yeah right oh Great. my gosh and that stuff. is is very good stuff and after i think a very rough first half of a season th- this was a definite pick me up of like okay and i can see that people love this episode i could see where people hate it and just go, okay, you know, whatever Absolutely. whatever floats your boat. But I just like, I don't care about the continuity anymore. The canon stuff. It's like, yeah. this is all made up anyways. Let's just have some damn fun. I, well, I'm, I'm one of those Trek fans that one of my favorite episodes of all time of TNG is Rascals. And it's Ferengi. And it's funny. <laughs> and it's right? fun. And it's cute. And I was a kid when I saw it. So it just, there's that nostalgia. And so to see this, it's that's the nostalgia again, right? It is. It is. And this, you know, when you think about it, part of this is like a trip centric episode. And then it shifts, you know, to Archer and then to, to Paul. And our Ferengi are definitely the, the supporting story that pushes each of them. And, ah, uh, I mean, we had a nice excuse for all the other crew members being, being asleep. So, and no, line, no lines for them. Fair enough, completely. But this one was like, you know, okay, it it's, it was comfortable. It was comforting in a yeah. 
in an odd way. It would have been cool though to switch out Trip for Hoshi or something. True. That, or Mayweather. Right? Anybody could have been in that part where they were in decontamination and then they had to run around and not yeah. get caught. I think it would have been pretty cool to see somebody else just to get away from that trio that they're trying to mm-hmm. force on us. But it still was fine. Like it wasn't a, it didn't ruin it yeah. or anything. I I hear you. Yeah. And it's like, okay. All right. Oh, having a great episode. Yeah. And having yeah. This other Anyone stuff else? that's great. But you, yeah, I think it's fan sets. Because you can. <laughs> I beat you to it. <laughs> she's so impatient with me. She knows I can barely read the stuff I write. So, <laughs> But guess what, Discovering Trek listeners? We want to thank who? Our friends at Fansets for being the exclusive sponsor on Discovering Trek. The Fansets crew are constantly working to put out the best product available and to come up with new designs and product releases. There are more wonderful new products out right this very moment. There's, of course, all the Trek character pins, the Trek emoji pins, anniversary pins, Delta pins in full size and minis, ship pins, and of course, there's some amazing non-Trek items like the awesome Rick and Morty, Scooby-Doo, Xenoscope, Harry Potter character pins, Big Bang Theory, and DC comic classics. <gasps> oh, breathe. There are hundreds of pins and accessories for you at fansets.com. So right after listening to us, go to fansets.com. Scroll along all the amazing pins offered, load up your cart, and enter the special code word Discovering Trek in all caps, no spaces, at checkout for an amazing 10% off your entire order. I know, it's crazy. And hey. Don't forget, if you're in the U.S. and you spend $30 or more, you'll also get free shipping. Fansets. Our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. I like it. What is that? Who's hungry? I am, I am. I am. I am. What's on the menu today? Let's see. Well, chef special of the day. I got to say, I think... The whole menu is comfort food. The com- comfort okay. food here. All right. I like what's comfort food for you. In the summer, for me, it's corn on the cob and potato Ooh, salad. That sounds really good. I I love fried chicken. I love Ooh. it even more the day after when it's cold. Mm-hmm. Okay. The potato salad. Yeah. What kind of fried chicken do you like? Do you, do you make your own or is there a place that you like to go to? Or- uh, I, I like the stuff that I get here at home which is delicious, mm-hmm. but any place that does a good fried chicken, I will give them kudos and, and take it. So, you know, a, a not too thick, but not too thin, crispy batter, uh, white meat and dark meat mixed, doesn't matter, whichever one, but just, and something that there's, you know, it's nice, juicy, gives, gives you a little, little drizzle down down your cheek <laughs> while you're eating it and you have to get that napkin and quickly get it before it drops on your shirt. Mm. <laughs> like, okay, I can hang that. And I agree with you with the potato salad. Uh, a really good yeah. potato salad. And with that, so my goodness gracious. Yeah. So if I, I see here, you have some notes and one of your topics for this chef special of the day is canon and continuity issues. Talk to me about that. What's the problem? I I have none with it. I think there's a lot of people that do going, you know, but oh what's gosh. Well, we, we weren't introduced to the Ferengi until, quote, 200 years later in the Star Trek universe. But 
in this episode, never once did they use the word Ferengi. So they well, don't know that they met the Ferengi. That's true. But then I, I mean, part of it with my mind, I go, well, did they take off all the like internal recording devices? Like remember that one a few episodes ago when Archer's looking directly into the recorder like, hey, you know, I know what you're trying to do. You're not going to be able to do it. And there was no official report of these, you know, shorter aliens with big ears and great tans. It's like, <laughs> I, I don't know. So, yeah. you know, if 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 people enjoy, you know, being the stickler on stuff and, and being strict, it's like, hey, enjoy that. There you go. But honestly, doesn't I just it, it doesn't. I just keep coming back to. This is all something that's made up. None of it actually exists. So it's guess what? <laughs> yeah. And then I, th- I think about how history is written now and in our past. And it's like, there could have been things that happened beforehand. Like who actually discovered America, you know, mm-hmm. really? Mm-hmm. And, and the, the BS going on of, you know, who, who's writing the history. So I go, okay, yeah. let, I'm going I'm to give a lot of leeway here of there's so much we haven't been told. <laughs> we don't know that the Ferengi didn't find a way to hack the computer system and delete any reference to them so they can be sneaky sneaks. I mean, Make, there's so right? many things that they could have done. That could have been the one thing that they actually stole. Computer and error. You know, yeah, was able to hide back on their ship before getting out of there. I was like, well, okay, you know, at least we erased the fact that we were on the ship so they can tell people, but there's there's no official record on it. That's like management. You know, when when, uh, sailors a long time ago used to see manatees Mm. and thought they were mermaids. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, weird stuff where you're like going, oh, okay, you know. A few decades later, when we think about things and have more scientific knowledge, like, yeah, okay. (laughs) That makes a lot more sense than other things that were going to be going on. Um, In this episode, talking about comfort here, this was the first episode for me, and I don't know how you feel about it, but for me, this is the first episode where Archer felt more like Sam Beckett from Quantum Leap. He's an adaptable smart, quirky, funny, and actually enjoyable in this episode. And I saw what I think was a lot more of the actor than the character. Okay. How about I've you? I've never watched Quantum Leap, so I can't speak to that. Um, okay. Yeah, I think you would enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, I know of it, and I, I, I can visualize the him running through the... <laughs> circle or whatever and like <laughs> disappearing into whatever quantum field he's leaping into. But I, um, I did notice that in this episode, he was enjoyable to watch and listen to just like the last one with rogue planet. He was good. It was maybe he's getting a groove and getting his mojo going and right. Yeah. yeah. And so, okay. Since, since I watched quantum leap, I can tell you there was, I, I don't know if it's how Acula is able to do it or it, it, like there's certain things that just look more natural. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say easy, 
because he may be putting a ton of effort into the acting on this. But there's something with him of the, the little, uh, little snarky humor, the little, you know what? I, I don't really have to do a lot with these guys to pull the wool over their eyes. So I'll just pl keep playing kind of st a little stupid with them, but just, yeah, throwing in those nice little, hey, really? You do that? You let them do that? I go, you seem like the smartest guy. I mean, playing to the insecurities, playing to, to the needs and wants, or like, I like go, no, I want my own ship. I want to be in charge. And it's like, man, yeah, you should be. You're the best one here. What, what are you letting your cousin make all these decisions for? Yeah. And <laughs> it's cute. It's, it's very cute. And I just, that's where I was like going, this, this is more of the bacula I thought we would get from the mm -hmm. get-go instead of the the jerk type guy which really for for character arcs we don't need him to be a jerk he can learn he can yeah. learn and be okay so that was one of the wonderful things i thought about this episode and it, that bringing it back to where oh okay it's comforting to me it's like th this is the person that i would want to watch week in and week out and, and sure. not not be able huh but, <laughs> right? Yeah. All frustrated after. <laughs> but with like with all comfort food after about the seventh piece of chicken, then okay, I'm full. I'm good. At some point, I'll have to tell you a Disney World story with fried chicken, but I'm not doing it here. Tease, tease, tease. Ooh. <laughs> you do some good fried chicken. But yeah, and that you know, once we've done all that, that that closes up the commissary. There you go. Boom. That's a big. That's a lot of food with this episode. We got seven pieces of chicken and a whole pie for this girl. I'm, oh I ain't gonna need to oh jog that one off. <laughs> right, yeah. chug some pep Pepto before the rest of the day because that's yeah. gonna just sit. <laughs> that's gonna sit. It's gonna be a problem. Oh, yeah. Lordy, nope. Ah. All right. I think that kind of covers it. What do you think? I think so too. Yeah, it's just a fun, lighthearted, good, good time. Yes. This, this was a, for me, a very, thank goodness this episode happened episode because yeah. I needed it to continue to want to watch this series. Yeah. Yeah. Right I think, I think this was one of the ones where I was starting a day to do a little bit of a binge watch and, and this was how I started. And I was like, all right, I'm, let's watch the next one. Let's watch the next one. So I had one day where I watched about three episodes and I was pleased right with, with all of them. It's kind of nice to be getting a little bit right. more into it. Like it still, I still have some difficulties and I still find some things to be very, very forgettable, but for the most part, I'm not hating it. Exactly. It's, yeah. this is, it's improving. You can it's see improving. Yeah. improving and that's, you know, for people who agree or disagree with us of like, I, I don't think at all we've been negative about the series. I think we've been just dead honest of when it stinks and when it's good yeah. for, from our point of view. And I go, okay, it, this is, it's turned the corner now to where I can see, Oh, you know what? I think we're going to get more good episodes than not. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's a lovely thing to look forward to. Absolutely. All right. Well, that concludes our coverage on this episode, Acquisition. We will be back next time to discuss Oasis. Not the band. The episode's called Oasis. 
as oh, we continue. Okay. Yeah, just to just to clarify, this isn't becoming a rock and roll podcast all of a sudden. Uh, so that's part of what we're going to be listening and talking to to continue to celebrate the 20th anniversary year of Enterprise. Until then, remember you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or by heading to discoveringtrek.com. And you can find us on Twitter at Discovering Trek. Woohoo! Hey, everybody! If you're enjoying with what we're doing here on Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, please consider supporting us on Patreon. As a subscriber, you get access to the unedited recordings of episodes, as well as exclusive content and great subscriber rewards, like our annual supporters pins from Fansets and our exclusive Trek Geeks Podcast Network T-shirt, and other goodies that I hear might be coming down the pipe. We'd like to take a moment to recognize the following amazing, and they are amazing, producers of Discovering Trek. Thank you all for your support. Producers are Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Lionel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Jim McMahon, Darren Metcalf, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, Chris Trebuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and Jess Vashon. And the senior producer of Discovering Trek is Jude Tatman. All right. If you would like to become a producer of Discovering Trek or get access to the raw audio for Discovering Trek episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks for all of the details. Until next time, liberate all the pie you can and to the female chicken and pie today. music for discovering trek is provided by five-year mission they're writing an original song for each episode of star trek hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net discovering trek is a production of coconut media works executive producers bill smith and dan davidson For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.